Hello and welcome to the MMA Breakdown. This podcast is brought to you this week by our sponsor, EW Technologies. They're a water treatment company based in the UK and Ireland. They specialise in, in perfecting your water. So whether it's water for your, your domestic use, your home, for your gym, or, or like a specific drinking water, uh, the, the thing that I use the most at the moment from them is, is a reverse osmosis unit. And what that does is actually filters the water, removes all the shit from your water that you might not want, things that have been, uh, things that you may not know that it's in your water are things like heavy metals, aluminiums, leads, irons, things like that. Uh, and aluminium especially has been linked with dementia. Uh, so it's good to have things like that stripped out of your water, especially if you get punched in the head for fun like I do, because um, I don't think you need any assistance with picking up sort of dementia and shit when you're taking some blunt, tra- blunt force trauma to the head plenty of times. It, it's going to do it itself anyway. Um, anyway, so these, these things will be removed from your water by this reverse osmosis unit, and what it will leave you with is, is perfectly pure water, 97 to 99% pure H2O, uh, and you can even get remineralization filters. So say, for example, you you believe that you like your magnesium, calcium, things like that in your water. You can get filters that actually put that back in and give you a, a better taste in and a, a healthier water. So, sponsors out of the way, just go to ewtechnologies.com. And when you're speaking to the staff, just say that you heard about them on the MMA breakdown to receive a discount. So... Just a recap of what's happening recently. We haven't put much out recently, and it, it's just—it's very hard to get the team together at the moment. Uh, Gav is—he's upped his amount of jujitsu that he's coaching. So if you want to learn jujitsu and you're in and around the Banbury area, it's all no gi, so it's all relevant to MMA. It's very specific um, for the sport. Uh, he does Monday nights, Saturday mornings, and Sunday mornings as well. Just go to uh, the Banbury Martial Arts Centre page on Facebook. And he'll be able to hit you up with some, some timetables and things there. Okay. Ollie, he's still a dickhead. Um, no, but generally he's actually all right. He's, he's doing loads of media at the moment. He's getting loads of photography work, loads of filming work. Uh, and he's, you know, he's kicking ass. It's a good thing to see. And, of course, it's hard to get these, this team together on a weekend. So we're going to try and get the team in maybe two of us, just the one of us. And we're going to try and get as much information out there for you as possible so anyway and a change of a quick change of format as well as well as me talking utter bollocks is we're going to talk about more relevant things so people really appreciate the old fights that we've done historic fights and and things where they're they're learning great stuff but we're going to talk about more relevant topics um and hopefully just sort of a brief go over of the last event and things or the most interesting things so mmi news uh, well, the most recent thing is the state of uh, that Travis Brown has been eye poking uh, Matt Mitrione. Jesus Christ, the thing looks like uh, it's horrific. You know when you sometimes squeeze your testicles because you guys and you do things like that, uh, and you just get the one. You've got one in your palm and the other one sticking out of your fist, and it just swells up like a big swollen balloon. It's, it looks like that, but on his face. It's horrendous, and it's gone purple and shit. I mean, I, I normally let go of my balls before it gets to that state, but that could be quite enjoyable. I might do that one time. But yeah, horrendous. This is the problem with tall fighters. I mean, I'm 6'1 myself. I was before I hurt my back, and my discs are now squashed. I'm now about six six foot. Um, 
But yeah, rangy fighters, you push away, you do like a long arm and you just push away, keep your distance and it helps to land your kicks, especially if you like keeping people on the end of your straight punches or using like a long lead hook like I do to set up my kicks and my knees. Um, but unfortunately, when you're in 10s and 16 ounce gloves, when you're sparring, when you're hitting pads and you're practicing, you can push people away like that with an open palm fingers spread wide open and you don't even think about it because the glove always protects your partner your training partner but unfortunately when you're in the mma gloves especially those ufc gloves they really uh they really straighten out your hand and it doesn't leave with with much option other than to poke your opponent in your face um if you're trying to do the typical john jones poking away or same as travis brown has done and it's pretty uh it's pretty bad and the same if you're throwing like a relaxed jab just just to keep your distance, just to give them something to think about. When you do it with a relaxed hand, you get like an extra inch, which you can appreciate. Everybody enjoys an extra inch. And they're just throwing it out, throwing it out, keeping people away. But unfortunately, the same again, when you do it in this UFC glove that really strains out your hands, unfortunately, you get some disastrous, disastrous effects with the, the eye poke. Anyway, moving on from that, Travis Brown's a naughty boy. Cyborg. Wins again. I mean, I don't know if anybody really is going to pay to watch Cyborg fight. She's she's so ahead of her uh, her opponents, and I know that everybody said this with Rousey as well, but she really is. You know, she's far too muscular, far too strong. And to be fair, the girl that she was fighting, I mean, I don't know her name. I don't really follow women's MMA. I don't really watch the Invicta stuff, but. She's nameless to me, you know. I don't know anybody in that weight category because it's not in the UFC. You know, there's no fan there. There's, there's, like who, who you're fighting? I mean, re- realistically, for Cyborg to get anywhere now, the UFC needs to open up that 145 category or or a 140 category and put it into the UFC. Bring Cyborg over, possibly do the Cyborg Holly Home match for a sort of two weight category thing that's what I'd personally do I mean I would have done that before the Ronda rematch just to be like Ronda has to fight Cyborg you know if if home beat Cyborg or lost to Cyborg and then Ronda managed to somehow win her rematch which I genuinely don't think she's going to do she would have to fight Cyborg then just to prove the point ignore me slurping away on my water there dry mouth um, but I want the Ronda Cyborg match, although after seeing Ronda striking against somebody that can actually technically strike. Now, Cyborg's not a technical striker. I don't know if you know this. I know that she practices a lot of Muay Thai and she she drills a lot. She spars a lot. That's great. But she's not a technical striker. You saw it in her. Um, she made like a Thai boxing debut in a tournament. I think it was last year, maybe the year before. And she got through the first two Two bouts, um, but in the last bout, she fought a very technical striker um, and, and lost, you know, she was knocked down. She was battered all over the place, but the, the girl that she was fighting is world-class. She's never lost, you know. So so you can see there, Holly Holm, I think, would possibly beat Cyborg, uh, especially because she's a technical striker. Now, a couple of things... <laughs> The more exciting things, red point, red panty night is happening. UFC one nine seven, uh, Conor McGregor versus Dos Anjos for the lightweight title. Now, 
I know that people are going to be like, oh, get off McGregor's dick. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I like it there. Um, now, <laughs> I, think, I think McGregor will win. Uh, he did have two world titles. Yeah, I know that they were in a lesser organisation. It's not the UFC, so technically it doesn't count. But either way, he's, still, he's fought at that weight before. He's strong at the weight that he was fighting at currently. Sorry, my phone's just doing some funny shit. Um, so he's strong for the weight. He's big for the weight where he's at now. Moving up is an exciting thing. Would I rather see him fight Cerrone? Yes. Would I rather see him fight Pettis? Yes. But unfortunately, Dasanyos is what we've got. Okay? Um, but if he does it again and wins a second belt, that's one of the most magical moments in the UFC. And of course, I, don't, I feel bad for Frankie Edgar because he's been kind of left in the dark there. Like, where the fuck is Frankie Edgar's career going? He's only getting older. Although he's getting better, like he take normally he takes a lot of damage. He didn't against Chad Mendes, and that's basically because kind of took the chin off him, and he got back in the ring far too soon, back in the cage far too soon. Um, you really need to take time off when you get knocked down, when you get knocked out. You you need that time off to recover. Your brain is the same as any muscle, except it doesn't feel sore. You know, like you pull a hamstring. You're not like, you know what, let's fucking get back on this hamstring. We'll do some deadlifts. We'll do some... No, you're like, oh, Jesus, we'll rest this. But unfortunately, your brain is not built in the same way. Uh, and it just sits in your head swelling. You might get the occasional headache and things, especially after sparring. But uh, <laughs> you need to rest it. You need at least three months of zero head contact whatsoever. And most people say just to, just to chill for three months. You know, do nothing but technique if you really have to be in the gym. Don't do any mad heavy lifting. Don't do any severe cardio. Don't do any hit training as the fad, the new fad word, hit training, fuck yeah. Um, and just keep shit really based on form, technique, and, and that way you can train safely and then slowly start to bring yourself back up with your intensity. And then after sort of six months or so, that's when you'd look at bringing your, your sparring back in, your, your head contact and things back in. But I, I, I sort of reiterate this, just for the guys who are starting out, I know what it's like because I've been there. I got knocked out and I fought a week later, a week, well, six days later. So I've been there. I, you know, I'm, I'm a product of my own bad training. But, you know, I did have headaches. I did have... Uh, you, you ask anybody I know about my memory loss problems like I'll ask you the same question three or four times within an hour and then I'll be like shit I've asked you that already you know it's a bad thing and I didn't get very far up the ranks but unfortunately you you just kind of get in and you do the things you you just get in and do it you're so deep into it you're so passionate about it and you really want to fucking do it so uh, but my advice to anybody is really take that time off if you do take a severe head trauma if you do have your lights turned out if you do get knocked down in sparring if somebody's sparring and i'm supervising and they get knocked down i'm like yeah that's great sit out like that that's you done then just take rather than getting back in do it like, i see so many gyms like oh no he's fine fuck it he can do another three rounds like what are you talking about like it's only going to end the same way like yeah you might want to build their ego back up oh he's been knocked down we'll let him you know but just chill out just chill out take your time it, you're not fighting for world titles in the gym anyway i've run off on a complete fucking tangent here so the idea with the ufc was to vacate connor's um flyweight belt 
the, the belt that he's just won off of Aldo and then make Connor and Frankie fight for the vacated belt. Uh, not Connor and Frankie, you asshole. Told you. Aldo and Frankie fight for the vacated belt. So that way, Frankie gets his title shot. Aldo gets a, a like a chance to get his belt back, whether it's a rematch or not. Uh, and Connor then goes up to fight the Sanyos. The idea being Connor wins that belt and fucking everybody's happy. But Connor's like, I've only just got this belt. I'm not fucking vacating it. I'll just do. I'll just do the two. Which now BJ Penn stepped up to fight GSP for the welterweight title before, from lightweight to welterweight. Uh, it didn't really go his way, especially in the second bout. Just one second, drinking again. Mm. That is actually some reverse osmosis water, remineralized. Uh, it tastes wonderful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so BJ did it. And I think, fuck it, Connor should do it. If he can do it, I think he should do it. And then if he gets bigger, like his frame bigger, not like his fame bigger, his frame bigger, and he carries more weight naturally as his walk-around weight, yeah, I think maybe step up and fight at welterweight. There's some good matches there. Especially at welterweight, the wrestlers now are really relying on their striking. Like you see the Robbie Lawler, he barely uses his fucking wrestling. He wants to stand and bang with people. Uh, but unfortunately, I think technique-wise... I know that we're talking two completely different sizes of fighters and whatever else, but technique-wise, Robbie Lawler would not cope with a Conor McGregor striking system uh, at that weight. You know, if, if if they were an even weight, an even frame, a, a similar body type, you know, the striking system of Conor would would destroy somebody like Lawler who just likes getting in there, getting stuck in, really having a brawl. Um, so yeah, Frankie Edgar. He might still get the fight with Jose Aldo for then the contention for the flyweight, featherweight, featherweight. I'm fucking talking shit now. <laughs> so I think that's great, but I don't think Frankie does. I think he's he's had so many title contention fights, like the Uriah Faber one was really kind of, oh yeah, you put in a good performance here. And you'll get the title. And he did. He put in a fantastic performance against Uriah Faber. Didn't get the finish, but not many people do on Faber. Um, and then, of course, you're fighting Chad Mendes, who's like the number two, and you're the number three, or vice versa. So whoever wins this is definitely getting the title shot. Now, if Aldo had beaten McGregor, I'd have said that that's right. Frankie would have then got that title shot. But as Connor won... It now brings Aldo into the picture. Aldo wants the rematch. You know, Frankie's there. McGregor wants to fight up in a higher weight. You know, and it just opens up this world of possibility. And it just, it it was perfect for McGregor. And shit, absolute dog shit for Frankie. And you feel bad for the guy. You know, poor little guy. Um, <laughs> and then the last piece of news I was going to talk about was just the the Ronda versus Holly Holm rematch. Um, luckily, it's been postponed. And whether that's down to Ronda's health, whether it's down to her movie career, whether it's down to whatever. I mean, personally, I don't see how Ronda can have a movie career without the rematch because I don't think she realised. People didn't get her in movies because she was really good at acting, which I don't know if you've seen Expendables 3, but yeah, it's not great. They had her because she's the baddest woman on the planet. And so it's believable when she's going to do these roadhouse roles and these sort of expendables and Fast and the Furious 7, this badass woman who's going to kick your ass. Now that it's been seen that she's beatable and she hasn't defended that, 
Like, what, what have you got? You've got a woman that's been beaten up by another woman who's actually undefeated. I'm not saying that Holly Holm wants to go into movies and things, but, like, why would you have the second best woman? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, she's attractive. Yeah, she's blonde. She's pretty. She's got nice teeth until Holly's smashed them all out of her face. But, you know, you want her because she's the baddest woman on the planet and not because she's the second baddest woman on the planet, unfortunately. Uh, Holly Holm, get in there. Uh, Roadhouse, I think she'd look good for it. She's quite big. She's quite, you know, she's, she's a stocky girl. She, she'd get that. I think, she'd, I think she'd work it. She's Patrick Swayze all over that bad boy. So, but now Ronda's said she's postponing the fight from a further date. I think they were looking to get it on UFC 200, which of course would have been massive. Um, but now they've put that back, put that back, put that back. And Ronda hasn't really given a date for her next stopping in, stepping into the octagon. But she said that it's going to happen. Personally, I think she's going to get a couple of good movie roles, do those, and then we'll never see her in the octagon again. It'll, there'll be the talk, there'll be the talk, it'll be around, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, moving on. I think the most exciting thing from the last UFC event was, uh, well, maybe not the most exciting, but the most controversial, uh, is, of course, Dominic Cruz versus TJ Dillashaw. Uh, I don't know how many of you watched it. I don't want to break any spoilers for you, so if you haven't seen it yet, fast forward. Uh, so, Cruz won. Uh, I, I've got fucking no idea how. Um, I mean, you can call me a fanboy, a bang Muay Thai fanboy or, or whatever, but realistically, let's talk about the facts. Cruz dom- like dominated the third round, yeah? TJ definitely won the fourth and the fifth rounds, like very dominant on those two rounds. They were the most dominant rounds in the fight, okay? So definitely TJ won four and five. Cruz definitely won the third, and it, it was a dominant round. He got way more of his game plan off and, and did more damage. He was moving better, striking better, landing with effect. It was, it was good to see, but it wasn't as dominant as round four and five. So we know that if, if Cruz won round three, TJ won rounds four and five. You know, I think it was round four, kept him against the cage, kept bashing him with the knees. And although it's not, he's not near him in the, the head, he's not near him in the body, he's keeping him there, he's imposing his will, pardon me, keeping him against the fence, and smashing him with these knees, which I don't know if you've ever had that done to you, but it's, it's not too pleasant. And then, of course, the fifth round again, really working his game plan. He starts landing those head kicks some more because he's been landing those leg kicks all throughout the fight. And now he's getting Cruz's head movement time properly and he's landing the head kicks much better. Now, round two, people are giving to Cruz and I'd probably give it to Cruz or I can see why they would give it to Cruz. But that's like... That was the shittest round in the fight. TJ is putting the pressure on coming forwards, coming forwards, coming forwards. And all Cruz is doing is touch and move, touch and move, touch and move. Like... I hate to tell you, but like freestyle kickboxing, which is like point sparring and touch sparring and things, yeah, is the most boring contact sport in the world. And if you do it, I don't mean to offend you, I cannot stand watching it. Because if you can stand side on and slap somebody with the back of your hand and they're like, oh, this guy won because he got a fucking slap. Like, are you being serious? If somebody slaps me like that, I'm a drop, yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way... So that's an exciting contact sport. It's dog shit. Absolute dog shit. So, personally, if you could draw around, 
I would draw that round. But you can't... Maybe you give it to Cruz because he was touching, he was landing, as in his fists and his legs were making contact with TJ. But zero damage done that round. Zero effect. Uh, and it's just... It was just... It looked to me like... Uh, Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit where Condit just ran around ran around ran around little leg kick jab running backwards jab running backwards and like you're not winning a fight like that unless when you're hitting you're hitting like Holly Holm was proper counter striking against Ronda Rousey standing in your place you throw the hand you don't need to step and then you move yeah so you throw and then you move and you really concentrate on what you're going to throw and where it's going to land and then what you're going to do afterwards rather than when you're attacking you're concentrating on moving forwards with the strike the angle that you want the position that you want your feet in uh, and Cruz wasn't doing that he was m- moving and punching at the same time moving backwards and throwing a straight punch 50% of the power is going backwards so you're not you're not going to get any damage done. You're not going to do any shit like that. It's just going to be a dog shit round that nobody really wants to see. Especially when this fight, in my eyes, was so highly anticipated. So yeah, okay, maybe give the second round to Cruz. And I would say that the first round was edged by TJ. Um. So yeah, in my opinion, TJ wins the fight three rounds to two, but not a convincing two, as in. The rounds that TJ won were very convincing and the rounds that Dominic won, one was quite convincing and one was wishy-washy. Like it really wasn't a fight. Um, I think TJ did really well in rounds four and five with just controlling, generally working his game plan on. And you can see that TJ sets up a lot of high kicks with straight punches. You saw how well those leg kicks were working later on in the fight where he literally kicked uh, Cruz's leg straight off the floor and, and Cruz was limping around after the fight apparently from an injury that he had going into the fight but it, it didn't look like that you know it looked like he's picked something up in the fight um, round one I'd say that they both when you, when you go into these fights especially at this level you have a game plan you know what you've got to do to beat this person and you really need to stick to it or what to an extent to an extent You'll think, you'll think to yourself, right, I've got these seven or eight techniques that I've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed specifically for this guy, and now let's see how many of them actually work against this guy. And so immediately you start dropping them. You start being like, okay, that combination was good. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to throw that every two or three minutes. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work this way. I'm going to start circling to my left because that seems to work with TJ or, or whatever. And I would say game plan versus game plan TJ's game plan, you saw more of it in the first round than you did see with Cruz's. And Cruz wanted to stick and move, and you could see that in him. He wants to hit, head movement, and then get out. And he's usually moving back. And then TJ, of course, is an aggressive striker, so he's coming forwards. But that suited him. Yeah. Now, in the, in the second round, Cruz's head movement is working way better, way better, way better. But he's sticking and running back. and he's, But he's... he's perfecting that head movement now so he knows where TJ's head kicks are going to come on the end of what punch is where it's going to come from he knows that when he gets hit with the left hand there's probably going to be a, a right high kick and so he's getting that head movement time in that thing that you see then he really brings that out in the third round and he really really gets the best of him in that third round and that's probably the most challenging round TJ's had in his recent career especially since working with Dwayne um, so 
you know, Cruz did something there that not many people have done and really, really showed a, a skill uh, and uh, and the flaws in the movement system and, and the striking system that Dwayne has. And then, of course, I say that the, the rounds four and five, TJ really controlled. And I think that Cruz got some takedowns at the end of the round. And I know that some American referees, I mean, it's, it's really different here in the UK. I mean, when you watch events like Bamel at the biggest UK um, events, you can see people using their wrestling, but if they don't, if they don't get any effect with it, like like they did in this, where TJ pops straight back up, takes zero punches. You know, maybe he gets glanced with a with a punch, but it's not hard. There's no damage done, and he pops straight back up. They'd be like, "Fuck it, that's nothing." Like if you if you're using your wrestling, you've got to then do something with it. You know, you get a takedown. But what, but what do you do? Nothing, nothing. So it doesn't count. It's pointless. Especially when, if you take somebody down and then let them up, that's different from you taking them down but they jump straight back up. It's basically defending a takedown. Uh, but you do see in American organisations, these, <laughs> I don't know whether the judges are boxing judges or wrestling judges, but they must just sit there and be like, oh, fucking hell, there's a takedown, that's his round. It, it just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, if you actually look back, I mean, I've given my opinion there. I think TJ won. Uh, I'd say, because of the controversy there, I'd say immediate rematch. Uh, so in like 2018, when Cruz is healthy again, they'll be able to have that rematch. The belt will have been vacated. TJ will have it again, and they'll be able to have that rematch. Uh, but... Yeah, immediate rematch, and I can't remember what I was going to say, this is what I was saying about brain trauma, it's a terrible thing, yeah, totally gone, dog shit. <laughs> so, moving on, um, that's about me done, to be honest, is that done with you guys? That's done with me. So, always a pleasure people, we're going to try and get some more podcasts out, we're going to aim for one every couple of weeks, if not one every week. There may be a couple of short ones just like this where we don't actually watch back the fight to try and keep the pace a bit quicker. There may be some that are just my opinions, my spiel, my rants about dog shit that's happening. Um, so if you like it, listen, get on the media pages on Facebook, on Instagram. Instagram's probably the most active. Just Not that it is active, but everything's been real. Everybody's just been so busy at the moment. Me setting up my own club on my own, and, uh, and, and Gav's really been up in his game. His guys are competing, he's competing himself, and, uh, and things have just been absolutely manic over Christmas and New Year. So all the best to you. Wish you a best uh, 2016, and good luck with your training and stuff, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Peace. Peace.